In my house, my kids are still learning about the rules. They know there are certain things that they should do, certain things that they shouldn't do, and they know that when my wife or I use our serious voice and say, look me in the eye, that there's some new rules about to be laid down, or some old rules that are going to get re-explained. One of the rules we have in our house is very simple. No whining. And this became a rule because our children would whine a lot when they wanted something. But so now what will happen is a child will make a ridiculous request in a very whiny voice. Dada, I want ice cream for breakfast. And I won't even have to say anything. I'll just look at them with that serious look in my eyes and it will say to them, please stop whining. And then a funny thing will happen. My children, and it doesn't matter which one, this happens to both of them, my children will suddenly remember that they aren't supposed to whine and so they'll gather themselves and say in a very polite voice, Dada, may I please have ice cream for breakfast? And I'll say no and they'll say, but I asked nicely. You see, my kids think that following a rule means that they get what they want. It's a simple cause and effect for them. Keep the rules, get the prize. I'm telling you all of this because I think oftentimes this is the way we approach what Jesus has to say. Follow Jesus' rules in order to get the prize. Certainly, this is commendable. A simple approach like this, though, can often miss the deeper wisdom behind what Jesus is saying. So we're going to be looking very closely at some rules, or as you'll find out, maybe they're not rules. Rules, though, for now, that Jesus talks to us about in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28. I've titled this sermon, The Anti-Rules of Jesus. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. The scripture passage that I would like to focus our attention on here this morning is from Luke's Gospel, and it's a very famous passage of scripture. It's some words from Jesus that often get quoted again and again and again, but the funny thing is that most people don't realize or pay attention to where this teaching is actually taking place. I'm not talking about where in the Bible it's taking place. I already told you it's in the Gospel of Luke. I'm talking about where Jesus was actually standing when he said the things that he said. We probably don't think about that little detail all too much, but in our scripture passage this morning, where Jesus is standing is actually a very important piece of the puzzle. So go ahead, grab your Bibles and open them up to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Our main focus, as I said, will be on verses 27 through 38. But before we get there, open to Luke chapter 6, and I want you to find verse 12. We're going to be dancing around a little bit, but this will be fun, I promise. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says, Now during those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. Okay, good. Now look ahead to verse 17. So verse 12 tells us that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, but then verse 17 says, 
Jesus came down from the mountain with them and stood on a level place. Okay. And now, I know you're probably thinking, Pastor, why are you making such a big deal about these two short verses? Yes, we see that Jesus was up on the mountain and then he came down to the mountain and he taught them on a level place. This is the exact location. This is the context of the words that we are about to hear. And trust me, it really, really matters. We hear a lot about the famous Sermon on the Mount. But today's sermon is the sermon from the level place. And as you'll see, there's some weight to that location. Okay, but we finally made it to our preaching text for today. Uh, as is the tradition, if you would uh, like to rise as we read the gospel passage, I invite you to rise at this time out of a sign of respect and authority for what we are about to hear. This comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. Jesus said to them from a level place, But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those for whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the same you get back. This is the good news, friends. It's the gospel of our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. So that's where our focus is this morning, and there is a lot going on there. Lots of different instructions for us to try and take in. This sermon from the level place sure sounds a lot like Jesus' greatest hits, doesn't it? All the hard stuff that Jesus ever had to say packed into one neat gospel passage. Love your enemies, turn the other cheek, give to those who beg, don't judge, forgive. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It sounds like a collection of the most difficult things Jesus ever said to us. All these rules that just seem, frankly, impossible to keep 100% of the time. If you're anything like me, you probably heard some of these rules being read and you started thinking to yourself, yeah, but what if... Or you started saying to yourself, well, I'm guessing Jesus didn't mean that literally. Or you were thinking, these were just suggestions, right? I heard a story the other day about a seven-year-old boy. Let's call him Eric, okay? And Eric was eating a bag of chips when his friend sat down at the lunch table next to him. And now Eric had grown up in a good home, and he was always taught that he should share and be generous and not selfish. 
And with this in mind, Eric knew that the right thing to do was to offer some of his chips to this boy who's just sat next to him. One problem, Eric really wanted to eat the chips. They were his favorite, sour cream and onion potato chips. He didn't want to have to share these. But Eric knew what was right, and so Eric held out the bag of chips to this new boy who just sat next to him, and he said to him, you don't really want any of these, right? That's what I thought. That's how it can feel with Jesus, isn't it? We know what we have been told to do. We know what Jesus has said is good and right and true. And yet, when it comes down to actually executing the behavior, we often try to find some sort of loophole. We try to find some sort of half-hearted way around it. But here's part of the reason why it's so difficult to fully follow Jesus' ways. Here's why we have so much trouble wholeheartedly putting ourselves into the rules that he's given to us. As I said, I think most of you know what Jesus has said. What he's commanded is good and right and true. But when we see Jesus' rules just as hard requests that we can't possibly keep, we miss the deeper wisdom of these teachings. You see, here's the thing. From a very young age, we are taught about rules. As I told you in the beginning, my kids are still learning how the rules work. We're taught how to act, how to behave, how to talk to adults, how to treat our friends, how to sit at the dinner table, how to act in public, how to brush our teeth, how to wash our hair, etc., etc., etc. And then we go to kindergarten. And there's a whole new world of rules that we have to learn and adopt. How to raise your hand, how to sit in class, how to behave in the hallway, and the list goes on and on. And then we come to church. And there's even more rules here at church, aren't there? When to stand up, when to sit down, when to say amen, when to say thanks be to God, when to say and also with you, how to sit perfectly still and not make any noise at all. Rules and rules and rules. And so in this world of never-ending rules and expectations, when someone as important as Jesus says, turn the other cheek, we just assume that this is what he said and so that's what we should do and it just seems downright impossible. But Jesus, Jesus operates on a different level. Jesus wasn't just stating rules because he knew that he could impose them upon people. He wasn't just saying rules because he knew everyone would sit up and listen. There was a wisdom tied up in what Jesus was teaching and saying. There was a wisdom in there that goes far beyond simply doing what he says. Love your enemies. Be good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Church, what Jesus is giving us here aren't just more rules. These are anti-rules. Jesus is instructing anyone who is listening to his sermon from the level place. He's providing them with a blueprint for a completely new way of life. A way of life that stands in opposition to many of the rules that we have learned since our youth. Notice the ways that Jesus is calling into question the very assumptions that humans have been making since the beginning of time. If someone strikes you on your cheek, the human reaction is to hit them back. 
We learned about this in sign class, right? It's called flight or flight response. And so when someone hits you, your natural tendency is to either hit them back and fight or run away the flight. That's what's boiled into our biology. And yet Jesus says, don't do either of those things. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Don't run. Don't fight. Just sit there and offer the other cheek also. And how about when Jesus says that we're to give to those who beg from us? Well, that doesn't make any sense either, does it? Our natural human tendency is to cling tightly to what we have rightfully earned. I worked hard for my food and for my money. If someone wants food and money, then they need to work for it too. But Jesus upends this idea as well. Jesus says that we are to give when people ask. You see, Jesus' rules are actually anti-rules. They are statements that completely flip and upend some of our most basic human assumptions. And Jesus is giving these anti-rules because he's trying to level everything out. Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek, not because he wants us to be weak and passive, but because Jesus knows that humanity has a problem with violence. Jesus knows that there's a never-ending cycle of violence that has been a part of our world since the beginning of time. This country attacks that country, and so then they wronged us and we attack them back. That family stole from our family, so we attack them and they attack us back. Think about the never-ending cycle of gang violence that we see in our own city. Who started it? We don't even know anymore. It is simply a reaction to the last violent act that occurred. And so Jesus says, what if we turned the other cheek? If we just simply stopped repaying violence with more violence, wouldn't that end the whole cycle? And Jesus tells us to give to those who beg. Because Jesus knows that the cycle of greed and hoarding is constantly making the world worse. Those who are most in need are left with nothing, while those who have more than enough get a tax cut. And so Jesus says that we are to give to those who beg because by giving freely, by being generous, we short-circuit the evil cycles of greed that seem to be a very part of our human biology. Jesus is trying to level everything out. Jesus came to earth so that the kingdom of God would come to earth as it is in heaven. And one day, Jesus came down from the mountain And he stood on a level place and he proclaimed these anti-rules that we've been talking about. And the anti-rules of Jesus are meant to bring all of humanity into a more loving and forgiving and level place together. But as you know, Jesus didn't just preach sermons. He talked the talk, but he walked the walk as well. He didn't just preach all these anti-rules and then forget about them. He also showed us exactly what this looks like. Because you see, church, the way that Jesus tried to set everything right was by going to the cross. He went willingly. He was wrongfully convicted, but he didn't object. He was abandoned by his disciples, but he didn't say a word. He was beaten by the soldiers, and he didn't fight back. He was crucified beside two criminals, and he didn't try to stop it. And by allowing all of this to happen, what Jesus did is he put it all to death. Injustice was nailed to the cross. 
Wrongful convictions were nailed to the cross. Betrayal and abandonment was nailed to the cross. Senseless violence, public execution, evil and despair, and death itself was nailed to the cross at Calvary. Jesus killed it all so that it would be no more. Because that's what his mission was. Jesus came to put an end to all of the practices, all of the rules, all of the evil in this world that keeps us from being truly children of God. He put it to death on the cross so that the whole world could be on a level place. Church, Jesus invites us to turn the other cheek and to give to those in need because these simple practices are the very summary of his entire mission and ministry. When we work to end cycles of violence and greed, the world becomes a more level place, and earth starts to look more like heaven. We are not there yet, but we have been freed by Jesus to start working for this promised future. The anti-rules of Jesus invite you to put an end to the cycles of violence and greed in your own life, one day at a time. One small action at a time brings heaven a little closer to earth. And when we give and when we turn the other cheek, we are in a small way bringing heaven to earth. We're rebelling against the oppressive cycles that have ruled this world for far too long. And we're doing the work of Jesus. We're making the world a more level place. Amen.